How you doing? Fine. I'm fine. Great. Yeah. Oh, hey. How are you? How's it going? Great. It's going great. Great. Don't you just hate almost sometimes walking down the sidewalk, you hear someone, hey, how you doing? Like, what are you supposed to say? Like, do you really want to know? I mean, well, actually, it's going terrible. I mean, the pe people would be like, oh, um, huh, nice. C could I... Can I call someone for you? Or, you know, when people ask how it's going, they don't really want to know. And so I think we get that. And so when people say, how's it going? Oh, it's fine. It's fine. You doing all right? Yeah, great. Living the dream. Living the dream. Yeah. Okay, that's ridiculous. We're not, we're not fine. We're not doing fine. The world is a mess. Our lives are a mess. And, you know, probably a random conversation. This is not the best place to get into what's really on our minds, but we've got to have some place where we admit that we're not fine, where it is, okay, I'm not fine. It's, it's a mess. I'm broken. It's all broken. <laughs> That's the truth. Reminds me of uh, one of my favorite songs by a contemporary Christian artist, Matthew West. He has a, a song called Truth Be Told, and it's, it's about this, you know, lie number one, uh, we're supposed to have it all together. And if they ask you how you're doing, just smile and say, never better. How you doing? Yeah. I say I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Hey, I'm fine. But I'm not. I'm broken. And when it's out of control, I say it's under control. But it's not. And you know it. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it. When being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know. So let the truth be told. Could we really do that? Could we tell the truth? Or just say, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Hey, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, we're not. We're broken. Matthew West gets it exactly right there. See, God, of course, knows that we're, we're not fine. We're we're broken. But God has a way then when he realizes that we're kind of stuck in this, oh, I'm, I'm fine and we're not, God does something about it. And so in our first reading and our gospel today, there's two references to this. In our first reading, well, we see that when they're in Jerusalem and they've got the temple and they think everything is going well because they've got this building, they're really far from God. It's not fine. They, they're worshiping other gods. They're polluting the sacrifices. They're not offering pure hearts to God. Everything is a mess. But they think, oh, well, we've, we've got the temple. We've got the holy land. So we're fine. It's all fine. So what does God do? Well, he allows the Babylonians to come in who burn down the temple, tear down the walls of Jerusalem, and everyone they don't kill, they take an exile off to Babylon where they sing that rather depressing psalm that we get today. Why does God do that? Because things aren't fine. They're far from God. And if they don't get it, he's going to physically move them far from God and leave them exiled in Babylon for 70 years until they get, it's not fine. It's a mess. And when they finally look at how bad it was and realize it, then healing takes place and God lets them go back to the Holy Land. And they're healed. Similarly, in our gospel today, Jesus begins this one of the most famous Gospels where we get, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But that little verse before it that seems like a throwaway verse that maybe we don't even know what's going on. It says, Jesus says that just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, 
so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. What is this serpent being lifted up in the desert? Well, this goes back to the time when Moses and the chosen people are wandering through the wilderness, and things are not fine. They're like, oh, well, we've got Moses. We're good. No, they're grumbling against God. They don't trust God. Remember, they make that golden calf as soon as Moses turns his back for like two seconds. They're so quick to worship other gods. They don't trust God. Like, oh, is God going to give us water in the wilderness? Okay, here's water. Okay, well, that was good, but I bet he can't give us bread. Okay, here's bread. Like, meat, quail, down from... Over and over, they reject God. Over and over, they turn their back on God. So what happens? God sends serpents, fiery, poisonous, venomous serpents to bite them, and many of them die. Well, Moses, being a good intercessor, (laughs) he goes to God and says, okay, God, we get it. Things are a mess. People are far from you, so you have every right to to kill everybody off. But could you be a little merciful, maybe? And God says, all right, here's what you do. Here's the solution. And it's what Jesus refers to in the gospel today. God tells Moses, here's what you do. You take and you make a bronze serpent. Yeah, the, the very thing that's killing everyone, make a bronze statue of it, basically. Put it on a pole and raise it high so everyone can see the bronze serpent and everyone who looks at it will recover. And that's what happens. Moses makes the bronze serpent. People who have been stung by the serpents, they look at the bronze serpent and they're healed. Why is that important? Because notice how God brought the healing about. If I were to do this, I would tell Moses, put like a jar of anti-venom on a pole and raise it up. Like, that would be the antidote, right? No, God has them look precisely at the thing that was causing their death. He wants them to stare in the face the, the serpents that have been killing them. In other words, it's not fine. It's a mess. And God wants them to look right at the sin. Don't gloss over it and move on. The healing comes through the punishment through the distance from God. Healing comes from exile. You return healthy. Healing comes after being bitten by the serpent when you look at it and acknowledge that, yes, it is that bad. Then healing can come. And that's ultimately why why Jesus then uses his example to say, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. When is Jesus lifted up? On the cross. You ever think how strange it is that we, we put Jesus crucified on the cross at every church? And here at St. Pat's, it's a, it's a big one. Okay, you can't, you can't miss that. That is supposed to be the most shameful thing the Romans could ever come up with. Every time we look at that, we, we ought to be reminded that we, we did that. Our sins nailed Jesus to the cross. And in fact, the church is very clear. You can't have just a plain cross for Mass. It has to be a cross with the image of Christ crucified. Why? Because healing comes through the shame, through admitting what went wrong, through admitting that it's not all fine. We have to admit we killed Jesus. God came and the people preferred darkness to light. The light of the world came into the world and we said we prefer darkness and we killed the light. That is the worst thing that man has ever done. And we put it required in all of our churches because the healing comes through the shame. 
we look at that and we don't see just the shame of we killed our Savior. We see the whole story. And that's where the beautiful words of the gospel come in today. Why did Jesus do that? Why did he allow that? He says, because God so loved the world. You know, the great heresy that we get ourselves into is one that actually came out of Ireland, of all places, as we get ready to celebrate St. Patrick. Heretic Pelagius tried to say that in order for God to love us, we have to make ourselves perfect. Through our own works, we have, to, we have to do things that will make God like us. How many times do we fall into that today? Why, why is it that we want to say everything's fine? Because somehow we think if we're not fine, that we are not lovable. If I'm a mess, that I'm, I'm too big of a mess to be loved. How many times I, I see women think, oh, I'm, I'm such a mess today. I don't, I don't look very pretty. Or I just, I'm not attractive. And, and most men are thinking like, no, you, you look beautiful. How many men think I'm just such a failure? I don't make enough money. I don't have enough power. I can't give my family all the, the fancy things. And their wives are thinking, I just, I just wish we had more time. I wish you could be here more. You see, we have a thousand ways that we can feel like we are inadequate. We're not pretty enough. We're not successful enough. All these are ways to say then we have to cover it up. We have to pretend that everything is fine, because if it's fine, then we will be lovable. And we're not lovable until it's all fixed and it's all better. It's not how God works. He loved the people while they're in exile in Babylon. He loved the people who in the wilderness were denying that they even knew him and making golden calves. He loved them, and he loved us even from the cross. He loves us still, even with all that is wrong. God loves the mess because he loves us, and we're a mess. We're a mess. This world's a mess. Nothing is fine. We're broken. But if we're broken and we admit it, that's when we get the rest of this gospel. You know what God thought of us while we're a mess and broken? God so loved this mess, this world, that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Your mess, your brokenness, is exactly how God is going to save you. Because you can't earn his love. There's nothing you can do to earn his love. And perhaps when you feel like you are most unworthy, most broken, most down, most in no way worthy of God's love, that's when you could actually receive love. St. Patrick, little known, was sent to Ireland by the Pope. People think to get the snakes out. The snake he was supposed to get out was Pelagius, the heretic. The snakes is the heresy that says you have to earn God's love. That is what St. Patrick came to Ireland to do, to tell people they are loved by God and they don't have to earn it. That's the beautiful good news. There is nothing worse we could have done than kill God. And through that very thing, God says, that's how much he loves.
us. You are loved, deeply loved by God, despite, in spite of, even because of every way you think you're unworthy and every excuse you could come up with why God should not love you, you are loved and desired by God. And maybe some of you are, are here in this church for the first time in a long time. Maybe some wandered in. Maybe you're going to meet someone that did. Welcome. Welcome home. You are loved by God. You're a mess. You're broken. You're not fine. But you're loved. You're loved.